You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, folks, we've come. um, I mean, we're past the crossroads already. I'm starting to drink the hard stuff on this show. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later. But, man, Bryson, three game losing streak, lost eight of the last 10. You said it. They, this team loses to Atlanta. It's it's time for Matt Rule to get out of here. Basically, what, what what were your thoughts on that game? We both went to it. It was just another disappointing loss. Yeah, um, I thought that they were outcoached um, from the very beginning. Uh, I mean, quarterback-wise, the quarterback play wasn't great, obviously, but it's it would be hard for a lot of quarterbacks in the league to play good behind that offensive line, how bad they've been. There's only a, like a handful of quarterbacks that no matter what kind of offensive line are in front of them, uh, they can play well. And unfortunately that's not for a, is he, is he 30? Yeah. 30 year old Cam Newton. Um, he needs time to throw. He's, he's not what he once was. I mean, he's still a serviceable quarterback. I still believe that, but he just, he's struggling with, with, the offensive line and, you know, um, and the whole team struggling really as a whole, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and um, Chuba, uh, even that fumble that he had, that Cam Newton had where Elfline stepped on his foot, he put the ball right in Chuba's chest. But I guess Chuba, well, I mean, I, it kind of caught Chuba off guard, which is, I guess, fair to say, but um, it was there to to be had for Chuba. Do you think they're getting outcoached on both sides of the ball? Is it a defense, yeah. offense? Do you – both because the defense, the defense. I mean, we, we talked about it when we were at the game. The defense can't get off the field on third down. Like it's like third and thirteen, or even the play to end the game where uh, they lost Kyle Pitts on like a third and thirteen, um, where they needed to get a stop, and that's their biggest weapon, the most important person that you have to keep an eye on for Atlanta because uh, Ridley's out, and they lose him, and he's wide open. He gets like a yeah, that happened game. twice too in that game. I think it was yeah. like a couple. There was two third downs that he was open on a play. Or if it wasn't a third down, it was twice. It happened twice in that game. I think that Matt Rule has shown clear signs of regression as an NFL head coach. Um, Like we've mentioned before, last year we didn't really have losses to um, teams that we didn't – like bad losses, like the Miami loss or the um, Giants loss, where we get blown out by bad teams. And um, we there for a while Atlanta was handing the Panthers – uh, their ass in that game at home coming off of a bye, which is completely embarrassing because we had already gone to Atlanta and beaten them in Atlanta. And this is a game that you had to have um, if you're the Carolina Panthers to stay in the playoff race. They're now five and eight. I think they're in like, I mean, technically they're still in the playoff on like um, 0.0001 chance or something crazy like that. Uh, but it's it's over f- for the Panthers. Um, they're They're not making playoffs. Um, the little hope that we did have is is, is gone. And um, I think really the best thing for um, the Panthers to do, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear it, is just for them to lose out. Um, this is a team that does not have a second or third round pick in this upcoming draft. This is a team that has 
bottom half of the league cap space with like $29 million in cap space next season. They they have to re-sign Hassan Reddick. They have to re-sign Gilmore, try to focus on them. They've, there's a whole lot of free agents coming off of this year's roster. Um, they need to lose. Uh, they need to trade back. They need to get picks. They need to it, finagle with some restructures and get some cap. I, there's a whole lot of work to be done with this team. And obviously they're not in a position to win anytime soon. Yeah. I want to go back to the out. I want to go back to the out coach thing. Um, I I'm torn on this. I feel like there were, I think defensively they, they just, they're not the same defensive team as they were in the middle, like the first five, six weeks by about eight weeks of the season. And I don't know if that's, I think it's a combination of, you know, making adjustments and them struggling against the run. But I feel like the, the players on defense, they are failing to execute plays. And that's, and that goes to some of the big players on the edges that they're not containing the edge at all. And they're getting beat outside and they're getting killed outside on outside runs. And, um, I think Jermaine Carter has been awful these last couple of weeks. He, I, he was, he was the guy who was supposed to be covering pits from what I saw. I watched the game back after, after we went to it, I watched like the 30 minute recap or whatever. And he got tangled up, I think with one of his own players and pits ran fucking wide open on a third and like that shit like that can't happen. Um, They've struggled on third down. I thought, Coming in, I thought the offense, I liked the style of Nixon. I liked them going up tempo a ton more. Like, I felt like Joe Brady didn't take advantage of that. They've done it in spurts. Um, but I thought they had a decent game plan. I just, you know, the, the Cam Newton interception was huge. That was a 10-point swing because they were at Atlanta's, what, 36 when he threw that. So you would think at least they're going to get a field goal out of that with Zane Gonzalez maybe. So. I mean, 10-point swing, that's a difference in the ball game right there. Um, but Cam Newton, the fumble, it's – I mean, Pat Elfline, is fuck, he snapped the ball low the whole fucking game. I mean, yeah. every – I mean, Cam Newton was reaching on the ground for half the snaps, which is ridiculous. And then he stepped on him. I believe it was Elfline who stepped yeah, on him. Yeah, it was. I mean, I – in hindsight – I get it. You can, I, I mean, I w- I'm the same way. I think Cam Newton could have just, you know, just let the play out. Don't, don't hand it off and just play it dead. But it's so tough to say in that situation, he's a competitor, one of the most competitive guys in the league. He's going to try to make a play. I'm sure every other quarterback is going to try to hand that off. Mm-hmm. Juba can has had issues all season holding on to the damn ball. So him getting a, a snap, maybe a little bit higher where he's not expected. I'm not surprised he didn't get that. Yeah. Um, so that's been disappointing. But I thought this – I seriously thought this team had ha, had the plays they could have made. And and this team – they're just not – this team is not executing. It's so disappointing because, I mean, early in the season, we were talking about this team being a top, what, five defense, top two or three mm-hmm. defense. And they're, they've been terrible. Like, like almost last in the league in passing and um, running the ball, defense. which is so frustrating. It's like – they had, they got really, I mean, they have solid players. You put these guys on a, a lot of other teams and you're like, holy shit, this is a good defense. Like yeah. they have the f- fucking players. 
they they need to just put it all together on defense. I do not get that whatsoever. And I don't know if it's guys over committing, Brian Byrne, you know, I don't know. I, I schematically I'm not uh in tune as much as I'd like to be with that, but it's just it one thing I, I one thing I want to mention about you brought up Brian Burns, um, which I think I saw on Twitter. Um he is terrible at setting the edge in the run game. And that that's where a lot of those outside runs are coming from. They're running it right at Brian Burns because he cannot set the edge as, as a defensive end um, in the run game. He, he can't, he's just bad at it. And that, that is a huge, that's why you see him come off of the field sometimes and like third downs, like when they know it's going to be a run, like, or, or obvious rundowns, he comes off the field because he's so bad at setting the edge in the run game. He's, he's so worried about getting upfield and getting a sack or um, just getting into the backfield as quickly as possible that he doesn't set the edge like he needs to as, as a run defender. Well, I know, and I know Matt Rule talked about it today too, because someone asked, I think Brian Burns in the press conference was getting frustrated that he's getting chipped a lot and, you know, double team and stuff. But, and I know Matt Rule said today, like, that's going to happen when you're an elite player, they're going to do that. Like you have to find ways to get around that and work, you know? So I don't know. I, again, I don't know if it's Burns and a combination of Reddick too. And cause though, I mean, those guys are the, you would think, and then maybe some of the safety play and linebackers, they're not getting to where they're supposed to be enough, but it's frustrating when you know what they're going to do. Like teams are, game planning to run the ball down Carolina's throat because they have, they have a decent secondary. I mean, I know guys are banged up, but that, I mean, there are no chumps in the secondary, so they're going to try to run the ball and they just, they can't stop what they know is coming. And it's so frustrating. And even on third talked, downs on long third downs, when they know it's going to be passes, they can't stop it. Like, it, like there was like two two specific ones I remember the one in the game and then the one where I think it was Pitts again that like literally just ran straight to the first down marker the first down line turned around caught the ball and they were running like some soft zone or something and it was like why are you doing that like just I, like that takes me back to the days of uh, them playing the prevent defense under Ron Rivera like I mm. I don't know like what's changed with this coaching staff and like not being aggressive on defense and not dialing up the correct plays, but I mean, they were out coached on deep. Like they've been out coached. This defense has been out coached for a couple of weeks. Like obviously against Arizona, they weren't, but. And I don't um, know if you saw this at all. Cause I, I wasn't watching. It's, it's so hard to, when you're at the actual game, but I don't think Gilmore was much on pits this time. No, am I, am I right to say that? Yeah. I, so, I and I don't know why they switched that up because it worked last time. And I don't know if they were thinking some of these other guys are bigger threats now or he hasn't been getting the ball as much, so they kind of keyed off of him. But I thought that was interesting too because I don't, I'm not looking at Atlanta's wide receivers right now, but I feel like Pitts is their best option, at least just looking on paper. But, yeah, it's just defensively that's been frustrating. And then offensively, it's, it's, the, it's been the same. Like, yeah. QB play hasn't been up to par, but that's also been impacted by the offensive line because the offensive line is terrible. I mean, just got awful. Worse in the league. And, I mean, you can't – even if you have bad players on offensive line, you can't, ro- you can't change up lineups 
fucking eight out of the fifth 14 games they play. Like that's what, even if you have bad guys, it would be better if you had consistency with those bad guys mm. so they can kind of know where everyone's going. And that I think is hurt them. And, and we can talk about it right now. They're, they have John Miller looks like is back and it looks like Trent Scott, they called. I think Trent Scott has been activated from the COVID list. Michael Jordan's back. I think and Michael Jordan's back. So do they, I guess this is a question for you. Do they revert back to that original line or do you, do you make the call, which a lot of fans I feel like want is start playing some of these young guys. Cause this, I mean, the season's it's over really. So why not I don't know. see what you got? I, yeah. I don't know what you have to lose to, to run Brady at left tackle besides Matt Rowe looking like a complete dumbass, which like a lot of fans and, you know, people who study the offensive line in the league, like uh, uh, Duke, I can't remember his name, but Mayweather, I think, isn't it? Mayweather? Yeah. Yeah. That guy on Twitter, like he's, he, that's what he specializes in. I, I believe he played in the league and he specializes in offensive line. And he actually trained uh, with Brady Christensen. He would like work with Brady Christensen and he like knows what Brady Christensen is. And um, that JC Horn pick, I don't even know. I don't even want to bring that up right now because it just makes me sick thinking about it. But and it's the thing with Christensen is I get the gripe because I'm the same way. It's, I wish they would just play him so we as fans and mm-hmm. the team would know what they have in him. Because if he's shitty and we're not seeing that because we're not at practice, then so be it. He's shitty. But I, we don't – there's not a good enough test to say w- one way or not. He, he started one game there. He didn't do mm-hmm. very well. But, again, we, I, I think at this point of the season – and Ron Rivera did this in his second year is he played the young guys at the end of the year. And those guys, I mean, I'm not saying guys aren't playing and giving their a full effort, but those guys are really trying, you know, they're they're trying like crazy, you know, just to make a name for themselves and build their self on a roster. So it'd be nice to see some, it would be nice to see Christensen at left tackle because Cam Irvine is not, he's not the answer at left tackle. And they know that. They know yeah. that. I think, I feel like they know that. Like he's, he's not the long term answer. They've only signed him for another year and he's terrible already. So, like, let's see what Christensen has in these last few games. You have nothing else to lose unless rule is waiting until they are literally mathematically eliminated. Cause I still think there, I think there is some, I'm sure there's some like crazy number, like point whatever that they can make. But like, it is time to see what you got in him and Brown and, and some of these other guys, just it, I, I don't, I don't understand that part. I really don't. I don't, Me I either. don't get that. I don't Me get that. So that that's, that's frustrating. Yeah. And uh, um, might as well bring it up. Another player that came off of uh, IR today while well, designated to return um, our favorite quarterback, Sam Darnold. Um, do you think that he, has a possibility of coming back. I mean, I know in the presser today, Matt Rule said that he's it's a while before he comes back. But I don't once think he's, he's playing this season. Okay. Uh, so yeah, well, I mean, once he's healthy, you you don't think he has a chance to start? I don't think he's going to be medically cleared in time. And any if he does, I don't think so. I think I think he I think he I mean I, I think well I don't want to get too far because right, I don't know I don't know if he'll be on this team next year. That's hard to say. I assume. Yeah, he might be and. Again, I don't know because I don't know what they're going to do with Cam and do they keep Cam and Sam and then get rid of PJ and there there's just so much 
to unpack with that, but I, I, I don't see him start. I don't, I mean, I don't see him coming back and it's just, it's too late in the season. He's going to, I don't think he's going to be cleared. I would say at the very least until what this, who do they play the last week of the season? Is it the bucks? Yeah. Bucks. I don't see him being ready probably until the saints game. And I, I, I just feel like it's too late by that point. And why Brit, and if they want, if they want to give him a chance next year, why throw him out there? And the, I just, I don't see a benefit in that at all. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't. I really don't see him playing as well either. You paid Cam um, the ten million. Play it out the rest of the season, and let's talk about that now. Now that we're on the QB conversation, I know we've talked about it last week, and Cat. We talked with Catman a little bit about you know playing the two QB system, and you know. PJ said it today that it's just it, it it gets the quarterback's rhythm out of sorts, and I I wish they would ju- just stick with one quarterback. I didn't like them bringing in PJ before half or before the half, the two minute thing. I felt like that was just stupid because Cam Newton has played ten years in this league. Okay, he knows how to run a two minute offense. It, it might not be the Carolina Panthers two-minute offense, but he knows how to run a two-minute offense. So they 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 just need to figure out a way to get him in this two-minute ready shit and not have the excuse of, well, P.J. knows it. No, fuck that. Cam Newton's playing the league. Two-minute offense is two-minute fucking offense. Like, it doesn't – I mean, yeah. I'm sure the play calls are different, but, like, that that I just don't like. And if, if you're going to – if you're going to have – Sorry, I'm, I'm getting all over the place here. But if you're going to have a, a situation on offense, two QB systems, just they don't work in the NFL. They don't work. There's a reason why nobody else does it. <laughs> so start you, – you either start one or the other. And I, I obviously I think Cam Newton is probably the better option. And just if you paid him $10 million, let it ride out and let's just let this shit and see what the hell happens because – Going back and forth, I mean, going back and forth in a game is it's it's just too much. And you get wide receivers, it's hard for them too. They got to adjust as well. I mean, it it impacts everyone. So no, it does. And I mean, the like you said, the two QB system, nobody else does it in the league. It's not they just want an excuse to put PJ in the game, I I think, and um have an excuse to essentially bench Cam Newton without benching Cam Newton. And they keep using this two-minute excuse, but I mean, there's there's talk around. I think uh, Mike Florio was on the uh, sports radio in Charlotte. With, I think it's Mac at WFNZ or whatever, and he was like, "Yeah, that's just really odd. Like they keep using that as an excuse. He's been on the team for what three weeks now or whatever. Um, like y- you have a two two-minute offense normally installed by by at this point. Um, and like you said, it's not." There's, it's not even really the play calls are much different. It's just the terminology, really. And the Cam Newton knows it. Like like you said, he's been in the league for 10 years. He understands how to run a two-minute offense. And like I said, I think that they're just using that as an excuse to put P.J. in and, and bench Cam and not and not call it a benching. Um, but, yeah, I think just sticking with one quarterback and just rolling with it, uh, just Cam Newton pay, paid him $10 million, just leave him in there. Let him go through his ups and downs, and um, I mean, just roll with it. Uh, if if you want to r- run a two uh, 
two-player system, you need to be uh, throwing Brady Christensen at left tackle and uh, letting him try it out there. But uh, and I, but I mean, yeah. I like I kind I did like what they did in Arizona. I just don't know if that's going to consistently work because I did think like obviously it worked. They beat I mean they beat a pretty good team that a lot had some guys out injured, but. I don't you can't I don't think you can't consistently win in the NFL with two QBs. It's never mm-hmm. worked. It's never going to work. I mean, it's just and I and I'm not a if it comes down to it and Cam Newton's playing like dog shit and Steve PJ starts one game, whatever. But like it let one quarterback game plan the whole week because having two cube, it's just too much. And this team isn't good enough on offense to handle that. I mean, the offensive line is a fucking mess the way it is. Don't try to put two QBs and complicate everything. Just stick to one or the other. Yeah. It's that I that is that's frustrating because I think that and I know a couple of weeks ago I said, well, maybe, maybe try the two QB because it did work in Arizona. But I don't know. I just think a QB needs a full week of preparation and them getting all the one reps and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. What do you think I, of Sam? Did you answer that? All do you think he's gonna be? You think he's gonna be back? No. I yeah. I I just quickly mentioned. I don't think that he'll be playing again for the Carolina Panthers ever. Um. I think that if he does come back onto the roster this season, it'll be in a backup quarterback, uh, emergency quarterback role. So you think he's gone at the end of the year? You think they're gonna cut him? Yeah. I I don't really see him be, being a backup. Uh, at least in Carolina. Um. In, in them admitting of that mistake as keeping him as a backup. I see them moving on and him trying for a starting position somewhere else, but obviously he's not going to get it because he's a terrible quarterback. Um, literally dog shit at quarterback and the, one of the worst I've ever seen play. And so I you just, think they go, you think they cut Darnold and go the Cam Newton route, bring him back and then yeah, sign, think, either draft someone or whatever the case is. Uh, they're going to try to trade Sam Darnold. Obviously uh, I don't, they're not going to find a partner because teams know that they're going to have to cut him. Um, they, I mean, they may find somebody like kind of like what would happen with Stephon Gilmore where they want to have a chance at him like in a trade before he hits like waivers or something and they get like a seventh round pick or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, that's really the only thing. Shit, I can they see get happening. a seventh. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking but hate him, that, man. That, that's optimistic right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I really do think Resigning Cam would be the best thing for this team and drafting a quarterback. What do you think of his play? I don't mean to cut you. What do you think of Cam Newton's play so far? I mean, it's not been good, but it's hard. It's really hard to evaluate it because when PJ comes in, his his play isn't very good either. Sam's Sam Darwin's play wasn't very good. The common denominator in all this is the offensive line, and mm-hmm. it seems like every week this this offensive line struggles with the most basic concepts of switching off or. Uh, just blocking the person in front of them. And it, it is so bad. I mean, statistically, it's the worst in the league. Uh, you got you got your center stepping on your quarterback, causing a fumble. Uh, it, it is literally a joke. Like, it, the Carolina Panthers are a laughing stock in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if, if, you know, if they draft a quarterback next year in, or uh, this upcoming um, offseason in the draft and then go heavy on offensive linemen, in the draft as well. And then maybe some free agent offensive lineman signings. You bring Cam back, you let a quarterback learn behind Cam for a year. I think that's the best way that you build this team currently. Um, try to get Reddick back if he'll come back. Try to get Gilmore if he'll come back. I really don't think Gilmore is going to come back to the Panthers. He's he's getting up there in age. You, I, still, I think he will. 
No, I really don't because he he's like I said, he's how he's 31 or 32. Um, he, he's getting up there in age. He probably wants to win a Super Bowl, I would guess. Um, mm-hmm. he's still got some very good play left in him. Has he so not I, won one? Has he not won a Super Bowl? No, yeah, he's won one. But I mean, obviously you you want another. Uh, I'm sure he's not content with one. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just shit. I'll play for the fucking New York. See, I think, he, I think he comes back if they get some of these other big guys, a big name like Reddick back. And I think if they keep the defense pretty much the same, I think he comes back. Cause I mean, that guy's going to be playing alongside JC Horn, at least for sure. And Jeremy Chin and Brian Burns and hopefully Reddick. It seems like Reddick wants to come back. He made the comments today that, He'd like to he'd like to return to Carolina. So, I mean, the that's I mean, I again, they've struggled, but like on paper, you that know looks he's like going to command. Good... He's going to command a lot of money. Like, I, I just the Panthers, I think, are projected to have like twenty nine million dollars in cap. Yeah. So if you're going to resign Cam, I would imagine that would be in the five to ten million dollar range. If you're going to bring back Reddick, that's going to be very expensive because he's. He took a kind of a one-year prove-it deal, and mm-hmm. he's had two years in a row of consistent sack production, uh, mm-hmm. some of the best in the league. So that's going to be an expensive contract, probably upwards of twelve to thirteen million dollars a year. So you're already sitting at approximately like twenty million dollars in cap space between those two players, and you yeah. you got to have you got to have you got to have cap space to sign your rookie or you yeah you got to have cap space to yeah, sign your for rookies. The rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they're going to want to bring back other players like Frankie Luvu and. You know, like small role players like that. So I just, I really don't think that they're going to have the money to pay Reddick unless he takes like a hometown discount or something like that. And he really does love Charlotte and he does want to stay. Then mm-hmm. I, I could see that being the only way that he stays with the Carolina Panthers. See, I think they lock Reddick up over anyone. I think, I don't, yeah, I, I, do can't, I can't see him leaving Carolina. Seriously. I think that's like a Matt rule through mm-hmm. and through guy. And they need someone opposite Brian Burns. We've seen the days where he didn't have anyone on the other side. Like that, that tandem has like they need to keep that together. I feel yeah, like, and, and even Daquan Jones is, is a free agent. He's been a pretty good addition to the defensive line, solid defensive tackle. Like I don't know, I I, I agree with you. I think Reddick is going to be their priority, and I think that they do get a deal done with Reddick. I just I'm kind of scared to see what that deal looks like, and maybe they make it back heavy and less of a cap hit this year but yeah um, again i'm not a big i don't know a whole hell of a lot about the cap but yeah that could that's an option and and there's always restructures and um they could cut players that you know are underperforming on on high level contracts and i don't really know what the dead cap would be on like a cut for elfine or irving or anything like that but um but i mean there there's always ways to work around the cap um i mean obviously the saints do it every year they're like projected negative 54 million dollars right now on cap next season so Mm -hmm. uh it's it's there's ways around it but i don't know i just i'm not real optimistic about anything right now with this team so it wouldn't surprise me if gilmore walks yeah well and they also got to deal with dante we we didn't even talk about that and that's gonna that's gonna throw a hurdle on things too i hope they let him walk i mean they said they said they could Keep both. I thought they said that in a, one yeah, of Scott's pressers middle of the year, but I feel like that's going to be tough because I th- I felt like they're going to have more money than twenty nine mil when I saw that because I thought they're going to have one of the top in the league. So I don't know where I don't know where the hell those numbers come from and how they work that out. But so so would you rather have Gilmore or Dante? Who would you pick? 
I mean, I think Gilmore is the better player right now. Yeah, but obviously. I just, how long is he, you know, how long do corners last in the league? I don't know. Is it because what he's 32, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably got, if I, I mean, realistically, he's probably got three years maybe left of the level. He's 31. He's 31. Three, four years left of the level play that he has, that he's playing right now. Dante, though. I like, just have a hard time believing. Again, Reddick's a rule guy. Dante's a rule guy. Yeah. I mean, and that's if even if a rule's around, but Dante's a rule guy. I don't see them getting rid of him if rule sticks around. I, I, I just don't see that. I want to go back to the Cam Newton thing, though, about him and Darnold. I don't think they keep Cam Newton. And it's going to piss a lot of people off again. It's going to be like ripping off the Band-Aid again. Maybe not. Maybe because he came back, fans are satisfied enough. Um, but I just feel like they're going to get a good enough sample size to last what he's – and again, people are going to say, well, is it a real good sample size because he doesn't have an offensive line? But I don't see them bringing him back. I don't. I just – the way he's played, he has struggled. I don't think it's all his fault. I'm not saying that. I just don't think they're going to bring him back. I don't even know if they bring Darnold back. And maybe they bring Darnold back and he competes with either a free agent they sign or a draft pick. But it's, it's tough to say. But that's kind of where I think it's going to go. And Would we'll you see. rather uh, – because I guess one of the popular offseason scenarios – is the Panthers trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? Would you rather Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton? I don't like either. <laughs> I don't. I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo at all. I don't think that he's. I mean, he's an average quarterback at best. And if if you're going to roll with an average quarterback at best, roll with Cam Newton and draft a rookie and develop a quarterback. And yeah, there's a few guys I don't like, and I know I think you like this guy. I don't know. But I'm not a fan of Gardner Minshew either. No, I'd, I don't either. like him. I think that's another project that will not work out again. Yep. He he lacks a, a lot of things, um, but most seriously, he lacks arm strength. And um, even in that game he came up for the Eagles where he played for Jalen Hurts, most of his throws he underthrew threw the receivers, but the receivers caught the ball. Um, they fought back to the – Yeah, I was just never a fan of him. I never – in Jacksonville either. I know there was a lot of hype around him, but I just – I don't know what it is. I don't – I'm not – just not a fan of him. No, and I heard rumblings. Either. I don't know this is true. I heard this through a birdie. I won't say who, but I heard that Carolina reached out to Phillip Rivers before Cam Newton. And Phillip said he would not play until after Thanksgiving, I feel. I think it was. And Carolina and Carolina was not willing to wait. So I don't know how true that is. I heard that from someone who they say have sources, but that is interesting. What do you what do you think? I, I think Philip would have got killed in this, killed on yeah. this team. Philip would have been worse than Donald probably was. Um, I mean, he's old. He retired for a reason. Um, no, but I mean, like to come in, like middle, like what Cam Newton did. Yeah, I think Philip would have been worse. Would. Yeah, I, I think Philip would have been worse. I mean, he's less mobile <laughs> than any of those quarterbacks, and to have him behind that offensive line, he would have got absolutely fucked up. So, um, he they would have sent him back to retirement very quickly. <laughs> not 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 a good uh, 
combination of an offensive line that can't block anybody and a quarterback who can't move. So, well, while we're on the conversation, Matt Rule, because we got we got to talk about him a little bit. I think everyone knows we're kind of where we stand with that. But you're done, I'm assuming, with the Matt Rule project. It's over with. Is that kind of where you're at? I mean, let's just look at the facts here. So year one, he comes in, COVID season. And I think, you know, he, he does all right for the circumstances that he came into. Um, obviously, I wasn't a fan of cutting Cam Newton in the first place uh, and mm. let us right back to him. So I think that yeah. proves that was a mistake and of the quarterbacks that they've had in, in between. Um, he's regressed in the second year. Um, he's failed to establish a culture of any kind, in my opinion. He's failed on a lot of signings on the offensive line, quarterback. Um, I mean, I mean, even go as far as like, was the Robbie extension the right thing to do? I mean, there's just so many questionable things that he's done. And I believe there's the roster this year, especially with Cam Newton. Um, and then if if he had the brains to start Christensen at left tackle and try these younger guys, I feel like the roster was good enough to be fighting for a playoff spot up until the last week um, and not be eliminated by now. Um, I mean, not mathematic, mathematically, but realistically eliminated um, by now. So I just think that it's clear and obvious that he has deficiencies as, as a head coach. He gets outcoached on a weekly basis. Um, just – when you can see it this early on, admit your mistakes and move on and, and hire a coach that has experience in the NFL. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. The greatest college coach in history came to the NFL, failed, and went back, and he's still the greatest coach in college football right now in Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens. So sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, yeah. and you, you can admit your mistakes and you can move on. And there are a lot of good options this upcoming offseason for potential head coaching candidates that are going to be better than Matt Rule is. And I think that you can say, yeah, it's been – he has signed a seven-year contract. We need to be patient and mm-hmm. stuff. But when it comes down to it, what has Matt Rule shown, Matt Rule shown that he has any inclination of being able to take this team to a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I just, I'm not willing to give up on him yet. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to go back to what I've said in the past. I just, I think, I think he should get one more year. I, I just have a feeling he's going to be a good coach. I don't know why I'm maybe going off to his past record of what he did in college, but I truly believe that he can make this team successful. And I know up to this point, it's been hard. It has been a freaking grind for fans. It sucks. It's awful to see. And I I'm, I do not like the decisions he's made at quarterback in the offensive line so far. But I feel like this team, kind of on the doing of themselves, has – they were really tied ha- – their hands tied – at least in free agency, on getting good offense alignment. I don't think there was a lot out there. I don't think they had enough money to get a guy who was good in free agency. 
I think the timing of their signings kind of fucked them up because they're like, holy shit, their two first signings were Elfine and Camarine, which were dumb. But I feel like in the grand scheme of things, they knew these, and this this might sound stupid, but they knew these guys weren't going to be that great. Like, I feel like their plan all along was if the board fell right, get a good lineman in last year's draft. Sewell, they liked. He obviously didn't fall to them. Their plan changed, and they said, oh, we're going to go with this patchwork of an offensive line with Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. And this is the offseason. They're going to go heavy on linemen. I mean, they they honestly might not even take quarterback in round one. And I know they need to get one. There might be a scenario where they have to, they're going to trade back, get more picks, get a either get a quarterback late in the first round or get an offensive lineman, take a quarterback they like in the second round, or they go the free agent route, which they've done the past two years and hasn't worked out and go after a Russell Wilson, a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Gardner Minshew, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's five options right there. But I feel like Matt Rule has constructed this team differently than rookie coaches would, which is kind of weird. And people don't like it because it's different. I feel like he tried to, and I, again, I just going back to what I've said before, but I feel like he's tried to build the defense first and has slowly worked on the offense. But there's been growing pains. There's no doubt about it. And it's hard to sit up here and still support him when you have games like last, like this Atlanta game. That was, that's a tough one. So, I mean, the seat's definitely getting hot. I still, I, I don't know what it is, man. I just think he's, I think, he could, be, I think he could be a good coach. I really do. And I, I hope they, I do hope they keep him for another year. I think one more year. And let's see what happens after year three. And I'll be on here again in year three if he's terrible, and I'll admit that I was wrong. But I just I think he I think he should get another year. I won't say deserved. I don't want to get my throat ripped out, <laughs> but I think he yeah. should get another year. He doesn't deserve anything. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, if if he does get another year, it's, it's not the end of the world for me. You know, I think sure. Okay, give him another year if that's what David Tepper wants to do, and we'll see. But I just feel like I know how it's going to turn out. They're going to be they're going to underperform again. They're going to maybe be a 500, 500 team next year, uh, and barely make playoffs if they do, or miss out like they have the first two years. And I just like I, I can just easily see that, see that like happening. And I just I just don't have confidence and the way that he's prepared for games um, throughout this season and last and um, how he's just been out coached uh, Nick Sirianni. And I mean, just coach Joe judge, like these coaches might not be around for um, the Vikings fucking uh, what, what's their head coach. Mike uh, Zimmer. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. He's gonna be fired after this year. And he got out coached. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like there are a lot of good options for head coaching next year. I mean, Byron uh, Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, um, even Jim Caldwell, uh, who who was a head coach but got fired for some dumb reasons. And I mean, there are a lot of good options. Brian Dabble, uh, the offensive coordinator with the Bills, and I feel like that they would just be set up for success. Much, I mean, just better in general. They would just be set up for success better, and um, and I see those coaches working out better than Matt Rule will. 
I see a lot on Twitter and I wanted to mention this because I, there are people that say that this team is, are starting to like, they think they're giving up. And I, I don't feel that because this last game, for example, they were, they at one point were, I mean, they were down by two or three, what, two touchdowns. I think it was 28, 14 or whatever. It was there 15. This team went to, if they given up, they would have never fought back in this game. They would have never fought back in this game. This game would have been even worse than it was. So for people to say that they've given up on Matt Rule, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't. I think, and I think it's kind of interesting because, and I saw someone tweet about this. I don't know who it was because I'd like to give them credit, but it's maybe it was John Ellis of One Panther Place, but it's interesting who they're bringing up to talk in press conferences. And maybe that's designed, but I mean, I'm sure it's designed for some, you know, rhyme or reason, but it seems like the Matt rule guys are talking a lot, at least from, from what I've seen, but I just feel like, I think there's enough guys still buying in. I do. Cause I, I, on, I honestly think this game would have been 34, whatever, 14 or whatever it was. I think this game would have been a blowout if they weren't buying in. But again, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if Tepper has the patience to wait. Because yeah. Jerry yeah. Richardson had the patience. He wait because after that year two with Matt uh, Ron Rivera, there was, I mean, there was rumblings. He was going to get fired too. And he he kept him around. I don't know if Tepper does that. I mean, because what? How many, year, how many years has Tepper been an owner now? This will be four after this season or three? Four, I think. And he hasn't had a winning season under his ownership. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I don't think the team has given up on Matt Rule, but I don't think that – I think when you're a professional in the NFL and you're getting paid to play football, that when you are mature enough that you don't give up on any, any coach, I think that mm-hmm. uh, no matter what, I mean, the Lions – I mean, Dan Campbell's got the Lions players playing for and they won one game. Um, it's just – that's just being a professional in the league. I don't think that's a coach keeping a locker room by any means, but I, I think it's just being professional and playing and giving it your all at your job and doing the best job that you can do. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't give credit to Matt Roll for, for, you know, just being able to keep, keep the team up when they're down and they're losing games. Or, but you've seen no teams where guys have given up. I mean – I mean, I'm trying yeah, to think of off the top of my head, but I think it's happened before. So I think oh, it yeah. can't happen, but. Yeah. I mean, like when I'm sure when you're going 0 and 16, like the Browns or the Lions did before, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to, to keep morale up at, at that point and not say, man, we haven't won one game. Like what's the point in this? But, mm-hmm. um, but I think when you're in like this stage of the game, I mean, they got five wins. Uh, it's, it's, it's not really a matter of, him keeping the locker room at this point. I think that, you know, especially with Cam Newton in that locker room and even like, like he's, I saw a picture of him on the sideline when PJ Walker was in for him, he was, he was coaching up and like had a huddle and like was talking to players. Like he, he's a leader and mm-hmm. Cam Newton won't, wouldn't let anybody um, not play to their highest potential. So um, yeah, I think it's just a matter of the leaders on the team. Man, it's going to be a long off season. <laughs> I mean, we're not even done yet. We got four games. I mean, we're talking about Austin, but yeah, we got four games left. And it's, I think I said last year, I thought last year was the most important 
I feel like every year someone says that, but the most important off season, but I feel like this year is definitely going to be, because I still, they still haven't found their quarterback. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, going quickly and then we'll wrap this up here. Have we gotten through? I think we've gotten through all the major shit. Is there anything else you want to bring up? But looking at the next four games, you got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Twice. New Orleans, Tampa Bay. You what? What do they go those these last four games? Oh, and four. You you don't think they win one? No, they're they're not going to win one. Uh, the Bucks are too good. Unless the Bucks hit the starters last week, they might get a win then. But the Bucks are too good at full health um, for the Panthers. The Bills are too good in Buffalo, especially. The Saints are playing pretty good right now. Um, that one's in New Orleans, so that's going to be hard. And then the Bucks again. Uh, just better than the Panthers overall. I, I just think that they they if they get one, maybe it's versus the Saints because um, it seems like they had their number pretty good the first time they played. But um, I just I just really don't see them winning another game. Unfortunately, I think they're going to win one. I don't know which one, but I'll say one. I don't. I won't go beyond that because I don't have a lot of confidence in this team right now. I mean, the Bills haven't been playing great. So, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they could beat the Bills if if the Panthers can play turnover-free football and just, you know, not make huge mistakes. But that's asking a lot of this team right now. So, um, we'll see. Yeah, and they again, that's the Buffalo one is the one to watch this weekend. That's in Buffalo, 1 o'clock game. Do you want to go with a prediction? <laughs> yeah, I think that the uh, – to give credit, uh, I think Jeff Nixon, like you said, he, he did do a good job uh, calling his first game in the NFL. Uh, I like the up-tempo. They ran RPO a lot more, which is what I wanted, what I was asking for, and, and they they did do they that. Did. So um, I, I liked his first game that he called. They ran something. Cam a lot more too. They did. A lot that, of QB was, draws. That worked. So uh, I think that if they, they can play turnover-free football, it could be a close game. I still think the Bills win, but I think if they play turnover free and the defense remembers somewhat how to play defense, um, I could see the Bills win like 24 to 16 or something like that. Um, but if the Panthers continue to turn the ball over like they have, it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. It's going to be cold in Buffalo. This team isn't used to that. I mean, it, Buffalo could win by 20 or more um, if it's a turnover riddled game yeah i think carolina's on the wrong end of the stick is what buffalo's lost two in a row i think and they're both heartbreakers like close down in the wire games they're gonna come out firing i don't know what tell what's up with josh allen i thought i saw today he's out of a boot so maybe but i feel like this is gonna be a cold I think I said this last week too, a defensive game, but who the hell knows? Carolina defensively right now is a very damn good. But I think it's going to be low scoring, but I think Buffalo wins. I would say I'll do a weird score, 21-18. So close, but it's just just a not – again, a, I think it's going to be low scoring, but I could be wrong. Maybe – and, and the point spread, I believe Buffalo is favored by 10 and a half. So 10 and a half. Yeah. Vegas has a lot of confidence in the bills. Yeah. Maybe then um, maybe I'm being too optimistic. 21, 10, maybe then there we go. That's around the point spread. There you go. 
but yeah, I just, I, there's not much hope right now for this team until these guys start executing the defense starts playing like they did the first couple of weeks of the season. Like it's shit's got to turn around, man. Well, let's get to our draft picks of the week. I said, I was going to be drinking the hard stuff this week. It's, it's a depressing time right now to be a Panthers fan. So I am drinking Old Smoky Whiskey out of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It's not too hard. It's it's a nice sipping um, whiskey. It's 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 not too bad actually. It's uh, the salted caramel whiskey, sixty proof. This this is the whiskey for me. <laughs> the whiskey I can sip on and not not be choking it down. But yeah, it's uh, thirty percent alcohol. It's really good. It's sweet. Again, you can drink it by itself. And I'm just trying to give you a little description, but I don't think they have one on here. But anyway, it's Old Smoky out in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. If you haven't been there, we just got back from a trip a couple of weeks ago. you got to check that place out. There's a lot of good places to go, a lot of good drinking spots to test out a whiskey, wine, cider, whatever you want. So go check that out, Old Smoky up in uh, Gatlinburg. All right. Uh, this week I am drinking a beer called Ultralight. Uh, it is from a brewing company called Burial Company, and they are in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I have never heard of them again or before. Uh, it is Burial Beer Company. Uh, it is called Ultralight. It is so that we may be free from the weight. Ultralight. It is a Hell's style lager. Um, it's it's kind of reminds me of a of a, just a, your average pilsner. Um, I, I would say uh, it, it, it's a good, uh, good drinking beer. I mean, I'm sipping on it and I'm about done with it. So I don't think it's anything over the top. You need to go out of your way to get, but I mean, it, it's definitely not the worst beer to drink. So um, if you like Hill style style loggers, then give it a try. Yeah. Just to go back to last week, Sweetwater, I believe the one you were drinking blue. I tried that mm-hmm. over the weekend. That's pretty good beer. That's yeah, I wasn't lying, beer. man. That's one of the best beers I've had, dude. It is, it is good. Yeah, it's smooth. It's light. It's got a fruity taste to it. Yeah, that's it's a good beer. So go. There's your second shout out for that one. Just wanted to mention that quick. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 